3: Follow the Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Thursday, February 10th. Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign, Thursday, February 10th, at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. Plus. All times live, except in the Pacific Time Zone.
4: I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now, that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now.
0: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Sports
5: Radio. Sports Radio. Well, hi, everybody, in my best Vin Scully voice. Actually, it wasn't really good, but what if I told you there was a, a team in the National Football League whose defense was allowing 36 points a game, and their turnover ratio is minus 12, and their record was 2-4, and four. but as of Thursday, they were in first place in the NFC East. Ladies and gentlemen, meet the Dallas Cowboys. And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the Weekend Adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to geico.com for a free rate quote. Tonight, I take you into the mindset of an NFL defensive coordinator and how the good ones will, they will their teams to win games they shouldn't win. Plus later we're going to get to a, a decision that has cost it's costed regulated sports books billions of dollars. I'll tell you why well, I'll tell you why you can't bet on elections at least legally here in regulated markets. In about 15 minutes, Steve Fezzik joins us via phone as we chop up week seven in the NFL in rapid fire fashion. And later on, after Brian Fenley's epic update, we'll sleep you will weigh in on another best bet. He's 6-0, by the way. And I will continue with plenty of NFL fodder to make your head spin. And of course, we wrap things up with Mackinon Sports as we close down the show with the Thinking Man segment of the program. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience as such. People want to talk about them, so you've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Judy Garland, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. Now, if you've listened to my show, you've heard me say many times, quote, I trust my eyes. They tell me a lot. Well, I accept the fact we're in a world of stats and numbers and metrics and analytics, and while I consider those things important, I also believe they're merely guidelines. They're not a be-all, end-all, inflexible anchor. See, a full analysis is part science and part art. As such, if metrics are the science of analyzing the NFL, then the interpretation aspect, well, that's the art form. Hold that thought. In my many years covering the Detroit Lions, I got to have some very interesting conversations with coaches and personnel, and many of them were defensive coordinators. See, I consider defensive coordinators to be among the brightest in the universe of National Football League employees. See, these are brilliant, hardworking, extremely prepared people. And if they can find an edge when they line up against you, they will. The best defensive coordinators are straight out of central casting. One, they focus on players, not plays. Because some of the best defenses in NFL history, they've been the blandest. Exotic schemes are one thing, but they're usually a compensation for players who have weaknesses and they need to be accommodated. Coaching guys into winning their one-on-ones, that has usually double the reward of finding ways to mask their downsides. The second thing great defensive coordinators do is force opponents to beat themselves with their weakest weapons. A good D.C. will take away what you love. You may beat them, but they will not suffer the indignity of you winning on your terms. You've got a star receiver. He's going to make you use your number two to carry the day. Got a stud running back? Expect the safety to come into the po- in the box and spy him, and he's going to force you to win through the air. An effective defensive coordinator must anticipate how an offense will attack a scheme. Simply put, great defensive coordinators, they've got the ability to communicate to players how the actions of one part of the defense affects the defense as a whole. Now, where am I going with this? Last Sunday, when the Denver Broncos traveled to New England without Melvin Gordon and tight Noah Fant and beat the Patriots with a completely punchless offense, how do they do it? And how do they hold the New England Patriots who, well, all the Kool-Aid drinkers said it was Bill Belichick's God given right to not lose two games in a row. By the way, Bill Belichick accumulated all those gaudy numbers over two decades with a guy named Tom Brady under center. So if you if you thought they would just automatically continue just because just because and you hate Brady and you think he's old, well let's keep watching over the next eleven games and see what happens. You already know my take. I said after week two, the Cam Newton vanilla offense would not be sustainable for a variety of reasons. Like we said about Brady last year, he didn't have any weapons to lean on in New England, and Brady had to make do. He went 12-4 and four and got to the playoffs. A Cam doesn't have really any weapons to speak of either. In fact, he is the weapon. So how did Denver do it? Well, it might be too simplistic to say they stuffed the box and contained the run and forced Cam to beat them through the air. But what if that was the reason? See, here's what my eyes told me. Vic Fangio's group, now Vic Fangio is the head coach of the Denver Broncos and a formerly very good defensive coordinator with the San Francisco 49ers. His group treated Kim like a runner, not a quarterback. You've got to remember, when a quarterback starts running and they come out wide, they're not a quarterback. They're not protected. They're runners, and you've got to treat them like a runner. Cam's default mechanism has always been to run, and he was brilliant at it at one time until he got hit so much he ended up in multiple surgeries. See, a quarterback has split seconds to process what the defense is presenting and even less time to make a determination and then execute with precision. If you can't make your read progressions, You can't find mismatches, breakdowns, or blown assignments. If you can't keep your eyes downfield, if your tendencies become predictable to the point of being one-dimensional, guess what? You have become a defensive coordinator's dream come true. You've heard me say it before. Quarterback is a position you play with your eyes, not your arm, not your feet. You receive the ball after making your pre-snap reads, and then you make a quick read to find which one of your teammates can exploit the defense and game positive yardage, and then you execute. From what my eyes tell me, Belichick really only lets Cam do so much within the framework of what you would consider to be a 2020 NFL offense. They don't stretch the field, and their root concepts seem very basic. Here's where you do look at the metrics. Cam Newton is averaging less than six yards per attempt. That means he's not seeing downfield. And, in fact, very few of their plays called – Involve deep routes. And what if I told you that versus Denver last week with Cam under center at home, the Patriots only produced 288 yards of offense? Yet in week four, Kansas City, with Brian Hoyer and George Stidham sharing the signal calling in Kansas City, New England, well, they amassed 357 yards of offense that week. Why does that happen? All right, I'm going to dive into this more in future weeks. As I've already stated ad nauseum, I think New England is an 8-8 team and Tampa Bay will be at least a 10-win team. In In the meantime, against my better judgment, I'll give Cam Newton the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what they do against the 49ers tomorrow. This has really been an interesting NFL season so far. Just like the year 2020, there are lots of oddities, right? You got the Cowboys 0-6 against the spread, yet they're favored tomorrow at Washington. The Cowboys have been a hot mess. Their point differential, minus 64. Turnovers, minus six. Yet, as of Thursday, they were the first place Dallas Cowboys. And what is wrong? What is wrong with the NFC East? My God. Going into Thursday's game, we again there was a there was an NFC. East matchup Thursday between the Giants and Philly, okay? So heading into that week, the NFC East was a cumulative 5, 18, and 1. Now they're 6, 19, and 1, but here's the point. Going into week 7, Pitt, Kansas City, Tennessee, Chicago, and Seattle, they all had five wins by themselves. Meanwhile, the NFC East, a five wins. Cumulatively, their point differential was minus 248. Terrible. Someone's got to win the division. And by the way, if you're scoring at home, they did 13,000 simulations this past week on some computer somewhere, and they came up with Philadelphia winning the division with an average of 6.1 wins. That ought to be fun to watch. Stay tuned. You know, there are some other situations where you wonder if the ship will start to get righted. Seattle, who's done a fabulous job this year, thanks to Russell Wilson, who I believe is the MVP of the league. He just simply is a one-man show. They're laying three and a half tomorrow against Arizona. Now, Seattle's been pretty terrific off a bye. Six and one. Five and two against the spread. Their average margin of victory is 13 points. But can that continue because when they visit Seattle, let's try that again. They, when they visit Arizona tomorrow, the Seahawks, and they are laying three and a half points up to this this point in the season, Seattle's 5-0, and but they've been out gain in every game. That's never happened. They're allowing 470 yards per game defensively. How can that really continue? Meanwhile, they've been to the red zone 25 times. And they've scored 23 touchdowns and gotten two field goals. You can thank Russell Wilson, the one-man magician, for that. Can that really continue? Last December 23rd, Arizona, with Kyler Murray, beat Seattle in Seattle 27-13. to By the way, Kyler Murray, who just continues to improve with every game, and he's won six of his last nine outings. He's, by the way, 11-5 against the spread when he's getting points including 6-0 against the spread against teams he beat in a most recent meeting. I would consider last December a fairly recent meeting. It's a divisional game, so you've got a divisional team getting points at home against a team that gives up 470 yards per game. That's something to watch. Buffalo's a big favorite tomorrow, double digits. And I had to bring this up because this caught my eye. There's a week-ahead look-ahead line. You can see the in here in Las Vegas, they published – uh, at the Westgate, starting like Wednesday, a week ahead what the look-ahead lines are, and what caught my eye is next week, week 8, Kansas City will play the Jets. They're laying 21 points right now. Now, in the last 30 years, there have only been 10 games where the line was north of 20 points, where the favorite was laying more than 20 points, and in those 12 games, the favorite was only 3-9 and nine against the number. By the way, back to the Tampa Bay Bucks. And we, I talked about this during the offseason. Jameis turned the ball over 37 times, kept putting his, his defense in an incredibly compromising position. Their average, uh, when those turnovers occurred, Tampa Bay's opponents started their drives on, the, on, uh, on their own 39 yard line. So Tampa Bay was constantly in a, in a compromising position on their defense. And, oh, by the way, of the 18, intercep- 18 interceptions he threw, six were pick sixes um, on the opening drive. And six had to do with when they were leading in the fourth quarter. So you've got a situation now where you've got a guy taking care of the ball. They didn't have a turnover last week. They didn't have a penalty last week. And that same Bucks defense looks fast and mean. And if you look at their numbers, they're allowing only uh, 282 yards per game which will rank first in the NFL. They're allowing only 4.6 yards per play first in the NFL. And they're allowing teams to only run the ball for about 64 yards against them. And in this man... This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is...
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
5: NFL, that translates, I'll tell you, to a lot of wins. By the way, not for nothing, another oddity. Last week, the Colts trailed the Bengals 21 to nothing in the second quarter, but they stormed back to prevail 31 to 27. At least one team in all six weeks this season has surmounted at least a 17-point deficit to win that has never happened in the in the NFL in 100 years. All right, coming up, we're going to bring on Steve Fezik, the only two-time winner of the Westgate Super Contest. You hear him every weekday here, uh, three to four Pacific, six to seven Eastern, on the weekday version of Straight Out of Vegas. And we're going to go through the games tomorrow, Week Seven, in what is a very enticing NFL. Card. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas.
2: Straight Out of Vegas!
4: I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years, first in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A., To examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now.
5: Perk up your ears for Farmers Policy Perks. From discounts to added benefits, you can get a whole lot of something. Get a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS.
7: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum,
1: bum. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers' branded policies. Underwritten by farmers, trucker, fire insurance, exchanges, or affiliate.
7: We're back
5: on Straight of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Frato, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's get right to our guest, Steve Fez. You can Monday through Friday right here. On Fox Sports Radio, three to four Pacific, six to seven Eastern on straight out of Vegas, the only two-time winner of the the prestigious Westgate contest. Fez, very intriguing card tomorrow. Let's dive right into it. Cleveland, Cincinnati, the Bengals catching three in an in-state rivalry. So these two teams
8: met week two, and Cleveland on the scoreboard didn't cover. Looked like they struggled 35-30. Bernie, that was one of the most one sided games of the year. Cleveland gained seven and a half yards per play. The Bengals only four. Cleveland ran all over them. Well, how'd the Bengals cover? They went five for five on fourth down. And if they go five for five on fourth down, they'll probably cover this game. But you know what? They won't. I like Cleveland.
5: Another divisional game tomorrow. Dallas and Washington, Washington surprisingly competitive. And Dallas, well, they still look like a drunk crossing an icy street. Who do you like tomorrow?
8: (laughs) i got to visualize that. I do like the Washington football team. We saw them beat Philly when Philly just had all their O-line injuries to start the season week one. And now Dallas is down four starters, including Zach Martin, and two backups on the O-line. I'm on the Washington football team.
5: Atlanta finally gets off the schneid. They're home tomorrow against Detroit, laying a short number. Detroit getting a lot of respect here. I can't back Detroit, but people I respect are. What are your thoughts?
8: Yeah, I'd look towards Detroit. Improved team on offense. Swift is a big upgrade at running back, and he's finally getting the carries. And your number one wide receiver, Galladay, is now finally healthy. Both teams should put up points, but I'd look towards Detroit. Detroit.
5: All right, Carolina visits New Orleans in another divisional matchup. Teddy Bridgewater is 24, 20 and four as a dog. And I think somebody's got to start showing Carolina some respect. They're certainly not in this number where the Panthers are catching seven and a half. And crazy, New Orleans since nineteen eighty in divisional games are only twenty-eight and fifty-six against the number. So I don't know that I want to lay the wood here. Your thoughts.
8: Yeah, I completely agree with you, and so does the betting market power move within the last 24 hours. Carolina's down from 7.5 to 6.5. The bettors, the biggest bettors agree with you, Bernie, so do I. At 6.5, I'm not nearly as excited.
5: I got, I got them at 7.5 the other day, and I guess uh, the Saints have a couple receivers out now. All right, the biggest line of the day, the Jets catching double digits, although there seems to be support coming in for the dog. Buffalo seemingly in a bad spot here.
8: So how crazy is this? This line early in the week is 13, and Darnold maybe was going to play. And then it's announced Darnold's going to play, and the line drops to 10 to 10.5. So that's saying Darnold's worth at least three points. If that's not an indictment on Joe Flacco, I don't know what is. Uh, Nevertheless, it's a good spot for the Jets. You know what, Bernie? Seemingly every week it's a good spot for the Jets. It was a good (laughs) spot against Miami. It was a good spot against Denver. I can't do it.
5: Now, tomorrow's game in Houston where the Texans, home Texans, catching three and a half against a ticked off Green Bay Packer team. There's an interesting trend here, Fez. After week six, teams that do poorly against the the number, under 30%, that would be Houston. They fall into that category versus teams who've covered more than 50% of their games. That would be Green Bay. Well, the team that does poorly against the number is covering 64% of the time, but I cannot grab the three-and-a-half tomorrow with Houston. Maybe you can talk me into it.
8: Yeah, I'm not going to, and you're exactly right that the trend makes a lot of sense. The team that isn't covering gets no respect in the marketplace, and you get an inflated point spread. Only it didn't happen in this game because the spread's only three to three-and-a-half, as you mentioned. Aaron Jones is out for Green Bay. By the way, I've been getting my phone is lighting up from our friend, the hitman, who's screaming at me to play this running back Williams over, where he says it, it's the best bet of the year if you can find it anywhere because he's, his running yards is like 21 yards with Aaron Jones out.
5: All right, this next game is my second best bet of the day. I like it a lot. Arizona is home against Seattle, catching three and a half and the Seahawks, thanks to the magician known as Russell Wilson, continue to defy logic. They're 5-0. They're outgained every game. They're giving up 470 yards per game. That's just not sustainable to me.
8: Yeah, and I would bet Arizona. I like Arizona in my power ratings. I only make this game two. Why is this not a big bet for me? Because Arizona played three straight road games, all of it significant travel, two to the East Coast, and Seattle's off a of bye. If you like the spot, you'd actually like Seattle a lot. If you like the fundamentals, you're gonna bet Arizona.
5: Talking with Steve Fezic, you hear him weekdays on straight out of Vegas, three to four Pacific, six to seven Eastern. Fez this is another game that'll catch my eye. I said it's an intriguing card and winning home laying two and a half against the 49ers niners. at right, the first six weeks are out of the way for the Super Bowl loser, which is typically very difficult. I am not high on this New England team at all. I haven't been. I've felt all year they're an 8-8 eight and eight team. This is an interesting game tomorrow because if New England can't win a home and cover this 2.5 against the Niners, who are our MASH unit, that's got to be a real indictment.
8: And our own Mackenzie Rivers did some tremendous research here for pregame on this, identifying two, not one, but two great trends pointing to the Patriots. When Belichick plays against former quarterbacks, uh, this would be Drew Bledsoe, would be Vinny Testaverde, etc. The Patriots are eleven and three against the spread, holding their opponents to an average of just under fourteen points. Further, when the Patriots are off two exact losses, they do really well, and they're ten and four against the spread. With both those trends pointing to the Pats, I think they're the right side.
5: There's only one problem. He he accumulated those numbers with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's not going to be there tomorrow. All right, let's move on to Denver. Uh, Kansas City laying a big number there. was as high as 9.5? I think it's down to 8. It's supposed to be very cold and snowy tomorrow in Denver. What are your thoughts?
8: Yeah, so the bettors are betting the dog hard here, the idea being the inclement weather, the snow showers, are going to help the underdog, and that would normally be the case, except I saw Drew Locke play in the snow in kansas city last year and denver got three points so now he's playing kansas city in the snow again the only thing that's changed is the games in denver i'm going to be betting the broncos at post excuse me i'm going to be betting the chiefs correction at post so you'll you'll lay the number what number did you get eight Uh, i haven't bet it yet because i'm going to get minus seven it's dropped down to
5: seven Okay, sounds good, Fez. All right, here in Las Vegas, the Raiders are home. They're catching four against the visiting Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I believe are the real deal. We'll find out tomorrow. And uh, do you have a thought on this game?
8: Yeah, so my phone lit up Tuesday morning. Raiders, COVID problems, lay it, lay it, lay it. So I did. I laid three on Tampa Bay, not even liking the bet. I liked the Raiders before this news, but I knew the line would go up because of that. Well, now the line has gone up. It's continued to go up because of the uh, lack of practice for the entire O-line throughout the week. Nevertheless, I think it will go up even higher, and I will bet the Raiders right before the game starts.
5: Only got about 30 seconds, but this is by far my favorite game of the day and my best bet of the day. I love Pittsburgh getting the point in the history of the NFL. Two teams that are 5-0 have only faced off against each other five times in history with the winner going to the Super Bowl. Pitt's defense is the real deal. The run defense is the real deal. And I think Tennessee will very much miss their left tackle, Taylor Lewan. What are your thoughts?
8: We are going to make a rare double best bet. I agree completely for all the reasons you cited. Give me the Steelers as well.
5: And one final thing about that game, Fez. Tennessee's defense has not been great in third down stoppages. They're last in the league.
8: Derrick Henry Under looks attractive to me as well. I think he'll be around 90 yards.
5: Good stuff, Fez. We'll do it again next week. Thank Good to be with you. It. All right, that is Steve Fezik. You hear him weekdays straight out of Vegas, 3-4, Pacific, 6-7 Eastern, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton Now Westgate Super Contest. Coming up, Sleepy's best bet. He's 6-0. and 0. And by the way, there's a little election here in about nine days, and I'm going to tell you why you can't bet it here legally in regulated markets in the United States. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But first... <music> Well, let's go to the man. We all know he likes to live life in the fast lane, and his model is simple. You only live once, and if you do it right, once should be enough. It's Brian Finley with the latest.
9: I love that, Bernie. Thank you so much. Dodgers' Kenley Jansen disintegrates under duress. Jansen surrenders a one-run lead in the bottom of the ninth as the Rays rally 8-7 to tie the World Series at two games. Brett Phillips hit the game, tying RBI single. And on the same play, Randia Arozarena scores the game-winning run after a series of L.A. fielding follies. Jansen, who now has four career-blown saves in the playoffs, gave himself a pep talk during the post-game press conference.
5: I just totally broke Kiermaier's bat and then on Phillips, you know, another grenade singles. Um, you can't beat yourself there. Um, you know, we got to stay positive. The one thing we stay positive, you know, and we're going to be back tomorrow. We know we're good
10: and we're going to come and and win that game tomorrow.
9: Well, there Jansen guaranteeing at game five, by the way, just after 8 p.m. Eastern Sunday on Fox TV. To college football, number 12 BYU taking a sledgehammer to Texas State 52 14. Zach Wilson threw four touchdowns. Number nine Cincinnati, brain cramping 16th ranked SMU 42 13. The Bearcats ran for over 300 yards. Indiana's Michael Penix Jr. converts the game, winning two pointer in overtime by stretching out in the The supine position going for the pylon as the Hoosiers emasculate. Eighth-ranked Penn State, 36 35 18th Eighteenth-ranked Michigan solving 21st Minnesota, 49-24. Wolverines quarterback Joe Milton, two scores. Number 11, Miami goes to 5-1 after polishing off Virginia, 19-14. Now let's get it back to Bernie Frato, a man who wears Crocs better than anyone on the Vegas Strip. (laughs) (laughs)
5: very good uh i haven't seen a picture of myself doing that and i hope i never do good stuff brian appreciate it all right sleepy has been on fire six weeks six best bets six and oh some of them were prop bets one was a teaser now we're back to a prop bet involving a receiver in the green
10: bay houston game let's give it a listen all right bernie here we go nfl week seven and i'm gonna go ahead and give everybody another player prop but before we go ahead and get into that let's go ahead and rewind back to last week and see how things played out so if we can get stafford in the red zone throwing balls into the end zone i believe there's a high probability we can get a flag therefore setting peterson up at the one yard line getting ready to punch it in we do have a penalty flag down however let's see what that's about Pass interference, defense. All right, deadly accurate with that one last week. And I believe we're going to go ahead and be accurate again this week. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Green Bay Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scantling over 42 and a half receiving yards. Now Aaron Jones is banged up right now. And it was apparent last week, you know, when he only had 15 yards rushing on 10 carries. Right now, Jones listed as questionable. So I think he's about 50-50 to play. But I also wonder about the health with Packers tight end Robert Tunyon, who is listed as questionable right now. He already missed practice twice this week. So I think that that might limit Rodgers' options in the Packers' passing attack. But what also limits the passing attack for Green Bay is Texans cornerback Bradley Roby. Now, he will 100% play shadow coverage on Devontae Adams. Roby has played shadow coverage on Tyreek Hill, Hollywood Brown, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Titans wide receiver AJ Brown. Those are number one wide receivers, but listen to the total yardage gained for those games for those players I just mentioned. 46 yards, 42, 0, 0, 24, 16, 58, and 112. So clearly, Roby shadow coverage is given the number one wide receiver for those teams a lot of issues. Rodgers and Valdez Scantling, well, they've had plenty of work together. Scantling has actually gone over this posted number in three out of the last five games. Add it all up, the door is wide open for Valdez Scantling to not only have a good game, But to have a great game, we're going to go ahead and we're going to bet Marquez Valdez-Scantling over 42.5 receiving yards.
5: There you have it. And not for nothing, the Houston Texans' pass defense, not necessarily great. They only ranked 22nd in the league. And Aaron Rodgers seems ticked off when a reporter asked him if teams had him figured out. Well, go back and listen to his response. I got a funny feeling you see a very focused Green Bay Packer team tomorrow. All right, coming up in about nine days, we have a little thing called a presidential election. And there's a misconception that you can bet the election here in Las Vegas. And you can't. It's not legal. See, in Nevada, the state's gaming control board has laid out sports betting rules that they believe are meant to protect bettors. And, yes, the lack of a presidential election will cost – well, it'll cost the sports sportsbooks billions. But let me take you back in time and let, let, me, let me share with you what led to this decision. In November 1916, there was a huge betting frenzy over who would be the president of the United States. Just days before the election, Supreme Court Justice Charles Evan Hughes, he was the Republican nominee. He had gone from a prohibitive favorite to the underdog when word of support for Woodrow Wilson started to make the rounds. And along with the sentiment of who they believed was going to win, the newspapers devoted a ton of coverage to the gambling market. Now, betting was not legal per se back then. You couldn't even bet on horses back then. But all sorts of brokers on Wall Street in New York and the Board of Trade in Chicago, well, they were openly bragging about all the big money they were raking in on the election illegally. So in a few days later, when the election was won by Woodrow Wilson, the biggest winner, a gentleman by the name of Ed Doheny, he was president of the Pan American Petroleum and Transportation Corporation, he became a huge celebrity. This was 1916, and he actually won $500,000. That would equate to, well, about $2 million in today's dollars. That was when Woodrow Wilson was named the winner. Now, two economic professors at the time a gentleman by the name of Paul Rode and Coleman Strumpf, they estimated that there was about $10 million that was actually bet on the 1916 presidential election. That would equate to about $300 million today. Now, the open acceptance of political betting in America was quashed pretty quickly after that, because by the time President-elect Woodrow Wilson moved into the White House, he talked about specifically banning such activity. Now, let's fast forward to today. Political betting is still not legal in regulated markets in the United States, even though legal online sports betting continues to expand. That said, we all kind of hope there's a... This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next.
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
5: ...way they can figure it out some someday because the handle would be absolutely astronomical. And this the reason is simple. It's something that virtually everybody has an opinion on. And everybody thinks they know more about it than the next guy. And it's an incredibly polarizing topic, even more polarizing than sports. A gentleman by the name of Sarbjik Bakshi He's the head of the political markets for the SmarKets, an outfit that's based in London. They've already taken four hundred million dollars in bets on the 2020 U.S. presidential race, and 2019 was the biggest year for political betting. So they don't just take bets on the on the presidential race. The problem is these regulating bodies in the United States. Their goal is to provide safety and confidence to the better. So no one can have an unfair advantage or any inside information. That's why the Nevada Gaming Commission, they won't budge. It's all about patron safety. Same with events like the Academy Awards. It's possible if someone knows the outcome before the event is officially completed, then you create a completely unfair market advantage. Now, I consider this is going to be an argument that's going to rage. Recently, a professor at Wake Forest who wrote a book about a big historical study on political gambling many years ago, he doesn't agree that we should not have legalized uh, betting on on elections because he's afraid if there's chicanery, the best thing you could do is legalize it and regulate it because it's still bet on in the non-regulated markets. And they have the same belief over in London. The bottom line is, in London, they removed it from the underground economy and they got out of the hands in their, in their markets, out of the hands of what they consider to be organized crime. And it, when you exclude bets on the presidential election, they believe people turn to underground markets and offshore markets, leaving those bets in the hands of unscrupulous operators. So for now, you can't bet in regulated markets on the election. And yes, it'll cost the sports books billions. But fingers crossed, hopefully someday we'll get to that point. You can't tell me. It wouldn't be a lot of fun. All right, coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's on Sports, and we're going to go back to New England where he's got a little angle he wants to talk about tonight. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? I means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Outta Vegas. Straight Outta Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing, full-stop-making lane-change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with farmers' policy perks. Start with a quote by calling 1 800 FARMERS.
7: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal
0: something.
1: Not available in every state and discount varies. Only available with select farmers' branded policy subject to terms and conditions underwritten by farmers, fire insurance exchanges or affiliate. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you
6: breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that
2: emerge each week.
9: What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters?
2: Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name?
8: Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody.
7: Our
1: vast network has the NFL's best talent bringing you right into the action each week.
2: There's always room to add more football into your podcast rotation, and our vast group of shows will surely keep you up to date with everything you need to know surrounding the National Football League.
1: Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Everybody, I'm Rachel Benetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me?
10: Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined.
6: You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it. Odds are, you'll find me there. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great i'm also doing something that has never been done before i'm opening my dms
2: dms now open
6: we want to hear from you fans of the nfl when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it please for the love of roger goodell do not tell me i can be held accountable Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Perk up your ears for farmers policy perks. From discounts to added benefits, you can get a whole lot of something. Get a quote by calling one 800 Farmers.
7: We are farmers. Bum,
1: bum, 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 bum. Not available in every state, only available with Select Farmers Branded Policies underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or
5: Affiliate. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. That would be Chris Perfett, Eric Roberts, and Brian Finley. All right, you know him, you love him, you can't leave without him. It's that time of the show, the Thinking Man segment, Mackinac Sports with our own Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie, I know you want to talk about New England-San Francisco tomorrow, and uh, I've been saying it since week one. I thought New England at best will be an 8-8 eight eight team this year, and although they started 2-1, and one, the trend line starts to bear that out.
7: I was going to say that prediction didn't look so good after the Miami game, and then after even week two when they almost beat Seattle. Seattle, New England looked like a top-10 team for, for quite a little bit, but I don't think they are there. I don't think they're going to be much better than an 8-8 eight eight team like you predicted. I think you were ahead of it. And this is something that Nick Saban said today after his win. In today's game, and he's talking about college football, obviously, but I think it's applicable to the NFL. In in today's game, offense is more important to the end result than defense. I think New England has big problems on offense, and I don't think they get better. Anytime soon.
5: And I talked about that last week, that the mantras should change from defense wins championships to quarterbacks win championships. Right. I like that. And what's interesting is you've done some very good research tomorrow uh, regarding the game tomorrow having to do with Bill Belichick's long record, long track record of success when he faces former quarterbacks.
7: Right. If I told you that stat and then I told you my final conclusion, you'd be like, Mackenzie. that's quite incongruous. And it is. So let's stay out the facts first. Bill Belichick, to his credit, has done excellent against every time he's gone up against a quarterback that he used to coach. So Vinny Testaverde, he coached in Cleveland. When he he went up against him later in his career, 4-2 and ATS. Everyone knows Drew Bledsoe was let go. Belichick's 5-1 and ATS against him. Also beat Brian Hoyer, also beat Matt Castle. In fact, he's holding these former quarterbacks of his to six points less than the Vegas expectations per game, and he deserves a lot of credit for that very easy to make the case that he's going to do the exact same thing to a limited Jimmy Garoppolo tomorrow, I don't think that's the case.
5: Well, here's where I think your claim might fall to the ground, which is very Monty Python of me. (laughs) Here's what I mean by that. First of all, that record was amassed when he had Tom Brady under center.
7: Let me check. Yep. yep. Number one. Number
5: two, Jimmy G comes to town tomorrow. Frankly, Jimmy G was never really a starter for him. Belichick wanted him to be, but that never really materialized. Here's where it starts to get a little ugly. Teams have Cam on film. And in my opening monologue tonight, I talked about what defensive coordinators do when they figure out your tendencies. Cam was only able to amass 288 yards last week against Denver. Denver had no offense, no no offense, no Melvin Gordon, punchless offense. The week before, or two weeks before, in Kansas City, Cam's backups, Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham mass 357 yards against the Chiefs. they're going the wrong direction.
7: The Chiefs defense that's surprisingly top 10 and the Broncos defense was supposed to be good at the beginning of the season. I don't think anyone would have predicted that they would held the Patriots to under 14 points. Rex Ryan was on good up right after that uh, right after that loss by the Patriots and I think' his, it's kind of obvious but I think it's dead on. He says Cam hasn't been accurate down the field throughout his career. We all know there are no weapons out there. Now, that's saying something. We all it's know true. there are no weapons out there. Because Nikhil Harry, it's his second year. He's supposed to be a DJ Metcalf. It's supposed to be a DJ Samuel, Debo Samuel for the 49ers. He's not there, and he's not getting there. I don't think they have the quality talent. They weren't able to collect it to put them over the top. And then this is Rex Ryan. He keeps on going. We've all seen the highlight cam waiting, 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 waiting. Sometimes you got to throw guys open. I don't think right now Cam can throw guys open. I think in the modern NFL, right. with the type of zone defenses that they're playing, the 49ers specialize in, I think Cam's going to struggle. My best bet in this game would be the Patriots under 22 points. But I also favor the 49ers because, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, he's gone up against Belchek, his former guy. But I don't think the 49ers offense is anything like those mid 2000s that Vinny Testaverdi and Drew Bledsoe felt in. I think it's all about the pieces around Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're going to be able to excel getting the ball out to Kittle, Samuel, and the rest of them.
5: Be curious to see what the 49ers defense dials up for Cam tomorrow. His default mechanism has always been to run. I like Cam, I think he's a good leader. I think he's very interesting. His legacy is secure in the annals of the NFL, but he's only averaging six yards per attempt, and you know what that means? He doesn't keep his eyes downfield. Secondly, McKenzie, let's face it, he did have the one good year when he was 15-1. and one. Outside of that, he's an under-500 quarterback, 3-4 and four in the playoffs, 1-1 one one in the Super Bowl. He throws off his back foot. There's a lot of things that bother me about him but he is an extreme competitor.
7: Tomorrow's going to be a referendum. And here's the thing that really should bother you if you're a Patriots fan about Cam Newton. He's getting worse every game. Yes. The whole theory was that once he gets around these guys, once he gets around the coaches, McDaniels a little bit more, he's going to pick it up. That's exactly the opposite of what's been happening. His QBR the last two games, under 20. He's going in the wrong direction, and I think it's because he's trying to play unlike the way he's used to playing. Week one, he's playing just like him, just like college. Now he's trying to play like the Patriots system, like a... Like a a retrofit Tom Brady, it's not working exactly like that. I like the 49ers tomorrow to take care of business.
5: Interesting. Catching two and a half, that would give the Patriots and Belichick their third loss in a row. Don't look now. Miami might win that division. Who knows? All right, that's going to do it for tonight's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I want to thank Steve Fezzik, uh for joining us tonight. And uh, again, a, a really intriguing NFL slate tomorrow. Next up, the man from Nashville who brings it, it brings it strong. It's time for the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked.
1: Out of Vegas!
0: Look for your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest.
4: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
0: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
1: The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's
6: in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want
8: in-depth news coverage with reporters?
2: Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name?
8: Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
1: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.